Against All Odds is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook. And here's a couple more reasons why. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. Now they're delivered in as quick as two hours. And it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day, right when you log in. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code against the lot so they know I sent you. All right, welcome to Against the Lots, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. We got ourselves a great guest today. He is the host of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Can you guess who he is? Babyface Joel Salpkin. Just from that, can you guess? He hosts the All Ball Podcast, and he ranks 11th all-time in Division I men's basketball career assistant. Today, he's going to try to add to his assist record by helping me win some money on these Sweet 16 games. Doug Gottlieb is here. What's happening, Doug? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I, you know, we we talked briefly right before we recorded, and you told me how crazy it is your schedule. Are you appreciating the couple, three, four days off here, or are you like me, where you just go right into it? You find yourself watching intently uh, Xavier Vanderbilt last couple minutes. Uh, I mean, I do watch. I love a little NIT, no question. Yeah. Um, but I find myself catching up on the like the rest of the world. And mm-hmm. what's what's crazy is so when I was at CBS one year I did the first floor and then and then you went on to do the you went from Dayton to Columbus so it wasn't a long trip whatever it's mm-hmm. a lot of games and when you do the first two rounds you know it's like speed dating the day before eight hours right. uh, you got an hour with each coach whatever each team then you have four games and a day off and then you have the four teams remaining you get like an hour and a half with each one but that's all you're doing. And so, yes, the rest of the world kind of shuts down. That's all you're doing. Mm. And it's great. And then you get done. And my second weekend, I would go to New York. And I always felt like that was kind of a layup. And you just do your radio show. I just do my radio show for a couple of days. Well, now I'm actually working on my house and doing the radio for Westwood One, as well as the pod. And then, uh, yeah, I guess I have my son's basketball program to coach. Mm-hmm. And I have like the rest of my life to catch up on. Like so yesterday, I was like looking at mail. I just what? because the way my life has worked is for the last because we started Tuesday, right? You had first four, so I had radio yeah. show, then first four, the radio show, then first four, then then um, just games nonstop. So do I love it? Absolutely. And if you know, I'm not complaining. It, it's just a lot. It's a lot. So yeah. I mean, and you feel I, obligated, I right? But, Sal, I watched yeah. every game. And, I know you do. And when I and, no, no, I mean it like when I first when I used to do it, I used to say I watch every game, but there'd be a game like ah, I didn't watch uh-huh. it. But when you're doing the studio for Westwood One and Jason Horowitz is in New Jersey and I'm in LA, I'm literally in the studio. So like what else would I do? Be on the phone with somebody? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just sitting there watching the game, having a cup of coffee. So yeah, I, I watched everyone and I think I lost a couple years off my life. But I feel I feel empowered by knowledge. No, it's the greatest. And and I know um, at at a lower level what you feel like, like you can't miss a shot. Right. You feel you almost feel like an air traffic controller um, scanning all these games and like, oh, crap, I got to. okay. well, what what do I pay more attention to now? That that looks a little hairy. But um, I mean, it's been as exciting. I was taking the weekend, for instance. So the the weekend kicked off with Carolina Beller, which went to overtime. 
behold, it was down 25. And it ended with that great overtime game, TCU, Arizona. I think it's been dynamite competition. You have, what, two twos and three ones left in the Sweet 16. I love that battle. You have a 15 advancing. I, I love the balance. Are you are you a guy who likes all chalk, or do you feel like this is kind of uh, where we should be, the sweet spot? This is where we should be. I mean, yeah. I, I wish my picks were better. You know, my, my <laughs> issue is it's it, what, what, what pisses me off and what pisses everybody else off who like covers this thing is like, I know this thing cold, especially this year. Yeah. You know, I've seen every one of these top teams in person, which is like, a, it's like, it's completely different when you see them in person. I saw Kentucky twice. I saw them become from behind beat A&M really liked what they did. Cause their point guard Wheeler didn't play well and they figured it out. A&M played at a super high level, but just couldn't make a shot. And then mm-hmm. I saw him against uh, Kansas at Kansas. I did the game for radio. And I mean, I'd never seen Kansas get their ass whooped like that with a good Kansas team right. get, at home. Like that doesn't happen. So, you know, like, of course I'm like, I love Kentucky. And I saw all, I've seen Auburn a couple of times. I love Auburn and they're home. Mm-hmm. So like, I'll challenge anybody. Like Kentucky's better than most of these teams that are playing. They just weren't better than St. Peter's in round one. That's it. That's the, that's the magic of this thing. So to answer your question, I think we have all chalk. It's not a great tournament. It's not what this mm-hmm. tournament's about. And if we have all crazy upsets and no ones, no twos, like that's not really about winning it, you know, what a championship's really about. So I think we got a nice little mix. I mean, it was a, that was a fun first weekend. There was a lot of, a lot of good, interesting stuff. Yeah, you want this the excitement of the underdog, of the sister Jean, of the coach is still wearing the 70s checkered jacket uh, no one's ever heard of, advancing one or, or two rounds. But then ultimately, you do want this tournament to be a good indicator of who the best teams are, right? So you'll want a one versus two or a one versus one in the in the finals, right? So yeah, I think we got we got a good mix with that. That said, now what was your final four going in? Yikes. Uh- <laughs> uh, Kentucky. Did you have St. Peter's? No, I, okay. I had, I had yeah. St. Peter's. I had, uh, let's see here. I had Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had Arizona. I had Auburn and Gonzaga. All right. So you have the two twos that are gone. Yes. And uh, so, you know, all right. Arizona, Gonzaga could be. So I, I'll let, let's, if you don't mind, and, and you know what? I don't even care if you mind. We got to go through this. Gonzaga. Gonzaga, Arkansas. Uh, but first of all, you don't you don't gamble that much. Um, I do. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, do. Okay. I don't like. I'm not like a. I mean, I I I do things with, with Bet Rivers, but I don't. I'm not. I don't have like a daily. Um. Uh, I I like when I go to Vegas. Here's here's the fun one. Mm-hmm. I I had a year where I was working for CBS when I did 13 UNLV games. Right. 13. And I would bet on basketball only on those days when I'd work, work. So I'd go, I'd land, I go to, I go to sports book and then mm-hmm. I'd go and I'd always bet on the game, but I didn't want anybody to know who I was betting on. Can I do a, can I do a broadcast that doing the Brent without anybody knowing who right. I bet on? And that, that was my challenge is to not get too high, not get too low. If I got the Rebs or I got whoever they're playing against. So do I, yes. Do I do it like, like tap into my veins. I ain't got that much cash. I'm just not, not but I, I will give out friendly advice also because I think it would, if I did, I think it would um, affect my ability to have some conversations I have with people. I'll give you betting advice on things that I know, yeah. but if I did, it's almost like insider trading, you know, I'll, gotcha. give, I'll, give, I'll give you a quick example. Yeah. My brother was a longtime assistant at Cal, Cal Berkeley. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm working at ESPN at the time. And I go to have coffee with him in the city because they're playing Madison Square Garden that night. They're playing Syracuse. And I was like, uh, what is wrong with you? He's like, oh, dude, don't even start. Like, not today. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, Theo's out tonight. And Theo Robertson was their best player. Mm-hmm. And they're playing Syracuse in that whatever preseason NIT sort of thing, you know, where it's right. Jim Beheim says it's a road game. Everybody's wearing or- orange. And he has their best player. And I was like, man, everybody know about this? He's like, no, nobody knows. He's like, we just found out he's got a stress reaction. It's like, what's a stress mm-hmm. reaction? It's like, well, it means it's like the beginning of what could be a stress fracture. So we're going to hold them out tonight. Okay. So I walk out and this is like the very, like I'm texting all of my degenerate gambler buddies. Right. Syracuse, you're welcome. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. So they're texting me back and they don't know, understand the text. Syracuse won by like 35. It wasn't mm-hmm. close. So then, you know, I talked to him the next day and he's like, He's like, dude, they're going to hold Theo out for three weeks and somebody else is going to be out. Got hurt last night. Like we're playing Carolina tonight. Going to be worse. <laughs> but um, so your <laughs> welcomes became, hey, I know this kid is hurt. I know somebody's not yeah. playing. I can't really tell you why. That wouldn't be fair. Yeah. But you look, you had a tough luck in gambling. I'll help you out. So that's right. really why I don't necessarily do it myself. But I will share what I think is going to happen. Does and sometimes it backfires because sometimes you know you see a guy a kid go down and not play, mm-hmm. and you assume that they're worse for it. Sometimes they're better for it. Yes, they step up. The team steps up. I still don't see the negative side of this. Why I don't do this thing? But okay, I, I'll, I'll trust you. You want to make your friends happy. That's good. Yeah, I, I have to say, me and uh, Bill Simmons, we've had so many hot tips over the years from GMs, whether a team is tanking the last week of the season. And I guarantee we're in the negative. Somehow we misplay it or something like you said, the team steps up without their star or whatever, something goes haywire and, uh, and, and somehow it doesn't work. But no, I, I, I wonder what the most someone who was calling a game had on a team. Do you think it was Brent? I wonder yeah. if it was Brent. And was no like, question. do you think it was definitely Brent? Yes, really? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the deepest pockets of, any, uh, of anybody who, who we know gambles on game. Yeah. I would say he has the deepest pockets, right? So that makes Interesting. Sense. And I got it's a sign of a good actor, I think, if you could pull it off, right? No question. Like Academy Awards coming off. No question. Off, I, I could- mean, that's, honestly, that's how I do it in in my job is I would hope you don't actually know who I like and who I don't like with coaches. Right. Right. If mm-hmm. you can't tell who I like, because there's lots of coaches that I'm really nice to that I don't actually care for. But and I try oh, to I was gonna ask you about all of them play today. Ball straight down the middle, you know? Yeah. I wanted to know the whole list. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Doug Gottlieb. All right, so let's start with the first game, Gonzaga, Arkansas. This is a hefty number. It's nine and a half. Yes. Um, we know what we're doing with dealing with, with Gonzaga. They might not be around. Uh, they might not have survived Memphis. I don't think if Drew Timmy doesn't score, what, 21 of his 25 in the mm-hmm. second half. And... uh Arkansas has been a, a pesky little team. They've actually, they're also lucky to survive. I think they only shot, shot like 28% in the first two games, um, but they play great defense. Do you think this is a blowout? I mean, the game plan for Musselman seems easy. You got to keep this in the 60s, high 70s to compete, right? With Gonzaga, can they do it? Can they? Yes. And they have the time to prepare and they have a coach who's been in the NBA. So he understands prepping for one specific game plan style. Will they? Well, that's a hard one. 
my early lean would be Arkansas on the points only in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that people are going to be able to get into when we say get into, that means be physical with, with Gonzaga. And this is not what they had last year when you get into them physically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I do think Arkansas can keep it close. I don't think Arkansas can win the game. I don't think like one guy, JT Note can, can carry them. Uh, I don't know, know if they have the all around scoring, but they have a depth of athleticism that is enough to match and maybe supersede that of, of Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga wins. I think Arkansas covers. Okay. When you say it's a one one fifty five, so they're they're predicting about eighty two to seventy two, right in there. Yeah, I mean, if if it's if if it gets to if it gets to obviously gets to one sixty, it's it's, that's a wrap for Arkansas. I don't think they can. Right. I don't. But when you say they're not physical anymore, Gonzaga, so you're not. I don't want to say you're not a fan of Chad Holmgren. Look, you're not gonna. You you can't just let if you let Drew Timmy run up and down. Right. Right. He's going to catch shot fake, go and spin, lay it in. Uh, obviously, you let Chet run up and down. Like, yes, it does look like a bag of bones running up and down, but he's really, really skilled, really yeah. long. Like, you have to, you have to take a note. Like, well, who, when was the last time he lost? St. Mary's. What St. Mary's do? He slowed it down. They mm-hmm. ran a million ball streets. They were the, the officiating was very, very physical. You know, very, yeah. very physical. And if they can get that, they keep this thing close. I just don't think they have enough bucket getters to win the game. Gotcha. All right. Uh, good. That's good. It's good analysis. All right. I'm with you. Uh, lock and step so far. All right. Michigan, Villanova. This is a shorter number five, Villanova. Juwan Howard. Uh, a lot of people thought they should have been in the playing game. No problem. They get rid of, uh, they win the first round. They advance the second round. Juwan Howard gets his hug on the air. He's either punching or hugging. You don't know what to expect, <laughs> which might be uh a challenge for Villanova, but I think they're um, the best coach team. They have a veteran backcourt, right? You got uh, you got more, and you got Gillespie, who I could think is going to be the player of the tournament. I have Villanova to win it all, and I don't think five is bad. I don't think they panic. We saw EJ Liddell come back with the with Ohio State, and they just uh, they made their free throws and they they forced the issue. And I think they're going to do the same against Michigan. Uh, I don't think this is a it's it's not as talented a team as the two that won national championships for Villanova, mm-hmm. but the buy-in to how they play is maybe as good or greater than they've ever had. Um, so what Villanova will do is they first they're going to be physical, right? And they don't get called for fouls. They know how to foul without getting called for fouls. How do you play through that? Um, they have enough size to handle Hunter Dickinson, although he's probably better than their bigs. But the challenge mm-hmm. for Hunter and the challenge for for Michigan is where, you know, Villanova inverts their offense and inverting your offense means your guards post up and your big guys shoot. And it's really hard. And they also take your defensive rules and use them against you because they're posting up and you're helping and they want to kick out and shoot three. They they post up, not really to score. They can score, but they can also uh, hit threes off it. Um, What's the over under on this one? The over under on this, this got up to, they keep it at one thirty five with Villanova for pretty much everyone they play. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I would probably take the under and I would take mm-hmm. Nova to win and Nova to cover. Um, I, gotcha. I do like, I like, doing, and I just, I think that, I mean, Colin Gillespie has been doing this for what feels like a century 
and right. he just plays like it, right? Just has great feel and understanding for what they need. What 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 would what will undo Villanova is a team that has maybe not the same level of buy-in and same mm-hmm. level of chemistry, but similar, but just better athletes. They just don't have a dude and they don't have enough weaponry to just take over. And I've seen them several times in person. And that's the the one alarming part is that this is not, they don't have what we don't have what we call a pro. Uh, now, most of those pros are home already. Jabari Smith, Keegan Murray, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But I think Nova, that's the only thing they're lacking. I think Nova wins and covers. Interesting. But that might hurt them later and not yes. necessarily this round. Okay. Yes. All right. Good. Uh, all right. Uh, Duke and Texas Tech. Now, this is I, I don't remember when Duke was an underdog last heading into the Sweet 16, but that's the case here. In fact, it was close to two points. Now it's only one Texas Tech. Uh, the over under is 137 and a half. I think we know what's on the line here with Duke. I, I don't know. I, I feel like that, you know, the defense isn't there. I, they, they, they showed their true color. They wouldn't say show their true colors, but they stepped it up against Michigan state. I almost feel like they're just playing for coach K at this point. And this team isn't as good as the ones we've seen over the years. And Texas tech plays defense and they can shut you down and do everything uh, that a, a tournament team needs to do in this uh, case. I like Texas tech, but all my idiot buddies like Texas tech too. So I worry about it. Yeah. I would worry about it. I kind of like do here. And I yeah. love the, I love the Texas tech guys and the staff and the whole buy-in and they're, you know, they, they start like four fifth year seniors. I mean, they got to, they register with their AARP card when they come in. I mean, this is an old, <laughs> old team. That's not a young dude right. team, right? Um, yep. And the best players are fresh, right? Like three freshmen, basically. Uh, yeah. Mark Williams is a sophomore. He's really right. improved. He's their center and Paolo Boncaro, obviously wrote you that huge three. Um, let's get close game. This is one where I, man, I don't have a, I, I just don't feel like I have a great feel. My guess would be though, that defense usually carries you for the first two rounds. And at some point you gotta mm-hmm. be able to score and tech just struggles to score. Sometimes and they just, mm-hmm. oof, it's blood out of a rock. Um, now their length, if they get it, if they get that thing going, their length and their defensive intensity and the way they play, um, kids can just melt under it because, and it's different right. than what any of these guys have seen because the way they play, they shut off half the floor, force everything to the baseline and they have massive amounts of help and tremendous rotations. And you really have to drill and drill and drill on when you come in, you see the, you see the help coming back dribble, get it on its way. There's a different, they switch every screen. Um, I do think that Texas tech can keep them from scoring a bunch. I just don't think they can score norm right. So I would take Duke and I would take the under in this game. Interesting. Okay. Hey, I've been asking around because I, I almost don't get it at this point. The coach K hatred. I mean, it's, it's way, way above Bobby, Bobby Knight. I don't think we've seen anything like it where people are looking for them to lose. They were delighted and they're lost to, Carolina and in, uh, in the last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Same with the ACC championship against Virginia Tech. What is the funniest result, do you think, for Coach K haters? That I mean, they lose this game, whatever. It's a pick them. But if they lost to St. Peter's, would that be most gratifying? Or if they lost to North Carolina in the I, I think, think that would have to be North the final championship game. In the championship game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah. Like Hubert Davis can do this for like five minutes. I'm like Hubert, like not even sure I wanted the job. Like. I just like, I just love being back on campus and right. I beat your ass and, and get, I beat your ass in Cameron. Then I beat you in the national championship. That'd be pretty, that'd be pretty, yeah. that'd be pretty. Now look, you could do the, 
he could lose to to Gonzaga. It could be a passing of the guard, right? Right, right. Uh, that 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 could happen. Uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, St. Peter's would probably be the most incredible. You know, David and Goliath. Um, yeah. Look, yeah, Lewis people are looking Texas, at an embarrassing Texas moment. Losing Texas Tech would be pretty incredible. I mean, think about it. Mm-hmm. Texas Tech, Chris Beard leaves, and he offers us our entire staff a job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the head coach is he's a former junior college head coach. He's like, no, I want to stay here. I want to get the shot. He was not promised the job. Gets the job. And most of those guys were not there. You know, they have eight newer, new, new ones. And they just kind of figured it out, figured out a way to do it. So that'd be pretty, as opposed to Duke, who, you know, they handpicked everyone they wanted that team. There you go. All right. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's almost a stay away game. Just might as well just uh, sit and enjoy, um, enjoy well, the emotion. Everybody is, I mean, like, look, you know what you're going to get from Texas Tech. They're going to guard the crap out of you. Right. Mark Adams' team guards the hell out of you. But I just, I've watched them enough to know there are plenty of nights where you're like, they just don't have enough offense. They play mm-hmm. so hard on defense and they just, don't have enough offense. And I do think that Duke, they have enough skill where they just jump up and knock down shots. I, I don't think they can lose that game. Yeah. All right. I mean, I love all these Thursday games, by the way. Arizona, Houston, this is practically a pick em. Arizona's a one-and-a-half point favorite, 145-and-a-half. Uh, like I said, we saw that TCU game that was spent spectacular, even more so for me, because I somehow had the winning side in Arizona. Uh, I mean, Ben Matherin just looks like the best thing we've seen him. He, but he's, a, like, he's really good, isn't he? Terrific. It just looks like a man. He just doesn't look like he belongs in this this level with the, these guys. He had 30 points. Coloco, that was a weird thing, right? He couldn't grab a rebound, but on the other end, he was very effective. But then in the last few minutes in an overtime, they were they were grabbing rebounds. It was it was a, a strange thing. Uh, I think Creasa came back a little early, but then again, what are you going to do, right? He was like one for 10. But um, so advantage Arizona in that regard. But Houston's been terrific. I think they have the second most wins since 2018. Calvin Sampson's taking his shirt off. They blow by everyone in their um, their that, conference. That was a weird one. Why is Calvin Sampson taking his shirt off in the line? <laughs> is he going to be shirtless for coaching this game? I wonder. I, mean, I don't, just I don't keep know. It going, I, don't, right? I don't think America has asked for that one. Um, <laughs> it, Arizona I, seems too easy here. But I do think at this point, if you're just going to pick the better team to advance, that's it. But this is also the ones where the gambling gods sneak up and uh, tear your heart out, right? Correct. Correct. Houston's a weird one, right? They, they're playing without yeah. the best player and without two of their top five or six. Mm-hmm. And yet they just kind of keep on keeping on. They really guard. They really share it. Uh, I think Houston wins this game. I just think this is one of those where, you know, what, what TCU was able to do, kind of out tough them and push them around and crash the boards. Uh, I think Houston will be able to do as well. Um, we used to play against Kelvin when he was at Oklahoma and we'd always mm-hmm. go, like, man, I wouldn't take any of those guys in the pickup game. Like, but they would beat us or compete with us. Like he's really, he's a very, very good coach. So right. he wasn't taking his shirt off then. He always wore the, you remember he always wore the denim shirt. Wore the yes, denim that's right. The button down like, <laughs> Oh, so bad. Anyway. Uh, what is most intimidating, would you say, for a coach? I mean, shirt off is, is pretty tough Most to intimidating top, but... was Bob Knight. There's no question. I was a freshman in Indiana. Yeah. And my my dad was a walk-on on Bob Knight's uh, college teams. So I knew okay. Coach Knight a little bit. But I'll never forget, like, I'm warming up in Assembly Hall, and I'm in my Notre Dame stuff. And, like, he used to come, like, stomping out, like, right before t- the tip-off. 
Mm-hmm. He had his big red sweater and he had a bunch of other guys and they all had their like little red sweaters as well. Like remember the Adidas logo and the IU, whatever. And yeah. Bob Knight was also a bigger dude. He was like six, three, six, four. And I'm at Notre Dame. We go play Indiana. Like, uh, third game of the season. And I mean, that dude walked past you and you thought the devil just walked past you, right? Like, <laughs> like you remember in, um, in Fallen? on the, on the the spirit and they would touch from person to person to person right yeah yeah, yeah. And, but even they would walk past you when they you know you right, right, right. like that's kind of what it felt like <laughs> that took my breath away <laughs> but just in general i think in terms of intimidation factor although the doctors might not advise uh on this but you you should gain weight you should probably be about 260 pounds you should wear a big sweater whether it's bobby knight or rick majerus i think those were the guys like oh my god they got they have the game half one when they walk on the court and uh, you see, you can't beat them. Right. We gotta go back to that. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Correct. There you go. All right. Uh, what's the name? Oh, then. Okay. So uh, now we're uh, what into Friday, Kansas, Providence, Kansas has had of the one seeds or the, uh, the, the one and two seeds. They've had the easiest run. I would say Creighton gave a little bit of a battle, but they're a seven and a half point favorite over a Providence team that I like. I think they could stay with them. Although I haven't seen, I do feel like Kansas and Bill Self's team have has really kind of been on a roll, and that's not when you want to play Kansas. But Kansas might be one of the teams where the break um, is not good for them, right? Not kind of gets would, in their I way. Would, I would I would agree with you. I agree with you. They finally got Remy Martin playing. Yep. But this is not a, this is not a classically great Kansas team. They're just not. Mm-hmm. You know, Ochai Abaji is a tremendous player. Um, I like Christian Braun, uh, Brown, who's their their wing. Uh, Dave McCormick's kind of hit or miss inside, and then they just kind of kind of throw pieces at you. Little Jalen Wilson's a nice power forward. Yeah, this is, and this is, and whoever wins this game gets either a ten or an eleven seed to go to the Final Four, right? I would say Miami. Mm-hmm. Miami. Um, I definitely like Providence to cover. Providence doesn't play blowouts; they play close games. They're they're better at the point guard position with Al Durham as opposed uh, to what Kansas is throwing out there. Um, so I, I I love Providence in this game. Straight up win. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're crazy to pick Providence to straight up yeah. win, but I think that number that number is way too juicy for me. I have them all over Providence. I agree. All right, that might be my favorite also. All right, uh, I actually, the, this one actually tips off earlier than the Kansas Providence. St. Peter's, Purdue. I don't know, make a case for St. Peter's. I guess the game's in Philadelphia. They may mm-hmm. have the crowd. <clears throat> it's a 12 and a half point line. Um, you know, we've seen the Florida Gulf coasts of the world, uh, advance for much further than they should. Purdue seems more talented up and down, even though they get off to slow starts, I feel like they figure it out eventually. And then, uh, and then they have their way with you. But, um, I don't know. Could, could St. Peter's do it? Of course it's one game. It's only so many possessions, but do you see this being close? Yes. Really? Yes. Yes. Because. Look, Purdue plays, they have two big guys, mm-hmm. okay? Zach Eady, who, I mean, blocks out the sun. He's 7'3", 310 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then they have Trayvon Williams, who's like every quality power forward from our childhood ever, right? Really sweaty, great post moves, passes out of the post, scores in the post. Um, but neither are particularly good defensive players. And so... The entirety of this week, Shaheen Holloway is going through everything they do, and how do we expose the fact that these two guys can't guard anybody? Um, the problem is they got a cheat code in Jaden Ivey, 
right? Who just, right. he's just so much more athletic than everybody else. It's, it's crazy. And then Stepanovich can really shoot and they have some other nice players. But I think, I think St. Francis keep this thing close. I, I don't know what they do to guard. The I mean, you called them St. Francis. They're not even St. Francis. This Saint, is St. Saint, Saint Peter's, whatever. Well, there's, <laughs> there's all those saints in New York. There's like right. two St. You know, there's two St. Francis's. There's one PA Pencil. in New York and there's St. Peter's, you know? Yeah. I thought I had, I, Sal, I had a funny last week. You'll appreciate this. Okay. One. Uh, it was uh, the Cal- uh, John Calipari struggling with St. Peter. Won't be the last time. Oh, nice. I do like that. <laughs> you didn't get canceled um, for that? You tried to make a joke and you're still still around to do no, interviews? I, a, I made a joke and I used religion and right. nothing. nothing. <laughs> good for you. That nothing. was a good one. Solid. Maybe it signifies that nobody gives a shit anymore. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice um, if we get to that point? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just meant me specifically. Not oh, I see. No, people, that's not people, good. People give a shit about weird things, but that, that one maybe, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think it can be close. I don't think they'll win. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a zoo because they're going to, they're going to have them running out, chasing them all over the place because Purdue is not a team that like can change up who they are. It's not like they can match you with guards. It's not like they can play a zone. Mm-hmm. Like they just kind of are what they are. They're just trying to figure out their, how they beat you within how they play. And um, there's just an obvious flaw there when you have a giant, but he can't move mm-hmm. in Edie, and then a smaller giant that moves a little bit better, but still not great defensively in a Travion Williams. Uh, again, I think Purdue wins the game. I think it's a close, hard-fought game, but I think it's a single-digit game. Right. Wow. Can you imagine if St. Peter's goes against the winner of Carolina at UCLA? I, I, they had like oh, 500, 570 fans for, at a game two weeks ago. It was against Marist or something. I don't know what it was, but this is, this is some story already um that's the best game friday carolina ucla i think uh well the the two and a half point favorite ucla 141 and a half is the over on there i don't know how carolina almost blew that to baylor it was a 25 point lead uh ucla the injury that that's a tough injury right but i don't i think they could overcome it i don't know i picked them going to the final Ooh, four okay. so, so okay. i'm gonna write yes okay. you know, okay. be fine. yeah it'll be okay mm-hmm. you think yeah and I so mean, I, I, yeah. I don't have any insight. I did talk to UCLA coaches, but I didn't ask about him. I saw the video of him getting on the bus and some slides yesterday. He's fine. Mm-hmm. He rolled his ankle. And he'll, he'll um, so this one is interesting because um, what the, the, the two things which have, the two players which have really allowed, I think the guards have improved, obviously, for Carolina, but what Carolina has is they have Brady Manick who had 26 before getting thrown out against Baylor, mm-hmm. fifth-year seniors, transfer from Oklahoma. He looks like a combination of Larry Bird college hair with an Amish guy who made your fireplace. Right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, if, if I say, if I was doing the radio and trying to, Brady Manning's a six foot nine um, fireplace maker, but he's not really Amish. He doesn't really ride a horse in a buggy, but if you saw him, you might think Anyway, so you got Jebediah shooting threes. <laughs> and then you have Armando Baycott inside, who's a monster. Right. Now, this is where UCLA, I think, um, I think uh, the addition of Miles Johnson over the offseason. Miles Johnson was at Rutgers last year. Mm-hmm. He's from Long Beach, California. He came back, transferred home. He's six foot 10, six foot 11 shot blocker. Um, he's kind of been a little bit fish out of water with UCLA. But for this particular game, Boy, is he needed. 
And I think he'll be really valuable. And as good as Manic has been on offense, I'm a strong defender. And I would expect UCLA, especially with Jaime Hawkes at times, to attack him. Mm-hmm. So I like UCLA and the under. That would be my pick. Okay. UCLA and the under. All right, good. Good. We're there together. All right, so the last one is the one that I think people care about the least. Iowa State, Miami. And it should be a good game. I don't know. You know, Miami, two and a half point favorite. 133 is the over under. I think people are bummed that Iowa State advanced. Both of these teams are kind of there. There's no um, real underdog story. They still play in the big conferences. They're just like their, you know, fifth or sixth best in each conference. There's the Charlie Moore story. You know the Charlie Moore story? So Charlie Moore is a little point guard for Miami. Yeah. Started his career as a starter at Cal. Mm -hmm. They transferred to Kansas. Didn't really play Kansas. Transferred to DePaul. Mm -hmm. Played. Okay. And then he goes and transfers to Miami. We're now suddenly in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, uh, from Cal and DePaul, they didn't win anything. Kansas, they did, but he didn't play. Now, all of a sudden, he's like 24 and he's playing. So it's like, all right, that's fun. Time as a freshman. Yeah. Um, that's fun. Um, I, I mean, I was on two games last year. Right. Whole year, two games. Obviously, different coaching staff and different players. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my lean would be would be Miami in this one. I just think Iowa State struggles to score, okay. and they're very good defensively. But I do think that you have again, you have it's the same thing with Miami. You got like four fifth year seniors in your starting lineup. You find a way to get buckets. And if you look at Miami and their resume throughout the year, they don't they have a, all their losses are like three points or less. Like they're they're pretty good. They're pretty talented. They beat Duke. Yep. Um, they did beat Duke. Yeah. Um, so I, I would take what's the number there. It's two and a half, and the over-under is 133. Miami's favored. Uh, 133. It's actually the lowest over-under on the board, I think, yeah. Yeah, well, that's because that's because Iowa State just did, has, didn't score at all right. this weekend. The one. Uh, I'd probably take, the, take Miami in the over. Okay. Hey, listen up here. You bet $5, you get $150. Sounds good, right, Doug? Continue betting the bracket with a bang right now. FanDuel Sportsbook is giving new customers $150 instant bonus guaranteed. That's right. You'll get $150 in bonus site credit. And all you have to do is place your first bet of $5 or more. How you bet the bracket is up to you. You could choose from the money line totals, prop bets, and so much more. Plus, with cash out, the ball's in your court so you can close out your bet whenever you want before the game is over. Join FanDuel today with promo code against all odds. Then you can place your $5 bet to secure $150 in bonus site credit. Guaranteed, that's promo code against all odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. $5 to win $150. Doug and I have already given you a bunch of winners, a bunch more to come. All right. Hey, how would your Oklahoma State team have done in this time? I mean, you, you could just you could say you'd win it. You had a trip to the yeah, Elite we Eight the, your senior year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were winning. We had a really good team. Yeah, we, we were probably the third best team that year, and we lost to to, to Florida, who was they had like seven pros: Mike Miller and Udonis Haslam and Matt Bonner and Justin Hamilton. They they were they were good, but we didn't and we didn't play well. But um, they were really talented, really good. I think uh, that it that group, my group, and again, my group was also old. I was twenty four. Mm-hmm. We had a bunch of 22, 23-year-old guys. We were kind of ahead of our time of getting old and staying old. Yeah, I think we'd, we'd do okay. Interesting. Our producer, Babyface, Joel Solomon, has a, a grudge with you. He's angry for many years. I think, what did you do, Babyface? You're, you're a Hofstra alum. You drove 
all the way to Buffalo for that opening round game? Yeah, yeah we, play, we, we played them. Yeah. And they had they had two NBA players, and Jay Wright was their coach. Right. And I didn't play very much. I had eight assists. I didn't play very much. I got in foul trouble trying to guard Speedy Claxton. Mm-hmm. I just remember, I just remember the our coaches before the game, they're like, you're going to speed class and fucking kick your fucking ass. He's the best fucking point guard. And like, that's how they used to like, what if you're like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, so fired up to play that I got, I got a couple fouls against me. Um, yeah, we, we, we demolished them pretty good. But you know, like we had a, we had a squad and we'd all played in the end stage. None of those guys had played in the tournament before. So we won by 20, but it should have been 40. Do you remember Maybe exactly what the, do you remember what the, uh, what the line was? I don't know what the line was. What was it? Coach would only use the line. Coach, would, you guys remember what the line was? What What was it, Joel? Was it 12 and a half? Is, is that what you said? Oh, oh I, I definitely remember it because uh, imagine <laughs> two busloads of kids that haven't been to the tournament in tw- uh, 20 years driving seven hours uh, to Buffalo and then five minutes into the game, Gottlieb and Desmond Mason run your team off the court and blow you out by 20 and not only cover, but... Uh, yeah, five minutes into the game, you're just dreading a seven-hour bus ride back to Hempstead, New York, because uh, you you've been thoroughly unmatched, and now we're out a hundred dollars. Because it's Hempstead, New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll see. Yeah. That's not nice, Doug. You should be considerate of, of like uh, caravans going up and drive. At least make it a game for a little while. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Good point. I, I I will tell you about that trip from the other side. So we won both games. Yeah, like there's a bunch of things that happened in that. That was we were supposed to play Indiana. They got upset by Pepperdine. That ended up being Bob Knight's last game. Oh, yeah. They got run off the court by Pepperdine. Uh, my old high school teammate went to Notre Dame the year after me. He's at Pepperdine, so we got kind of that going on. And then after we won the second game, our coach is like, do you want to go home or do you guys want to hang here? We're like, we don't want to go home. Like, What do we want to go to Oklahoma for? <laughs> so we went out and we got all the Canadian beer we could. And we like, we like did blind taste tests of, of all of the Canadian beers. And then we went to we went to a Sabres game one night. Oh. That's when they had the they had the, the Dominator. Um, we did we watched something about Mary probably fifty times. What? And then we, we at some point in time we went over to Syracuse and then we played Seton Hall in Syracuse. <laughs> we don't want to go home. We got something about Mary to watch here. What's going on? We should have gone home. We should have gone home though, because <laughs> we were just college kids you're on the road that long too much you're tired that's funny but, that's you know, we that's weird that you'd even yeah. have that choice there i mean obviously the coach has the well, last we were, yeah. we were at that point in time we were grown-ups yeah and he treated us like grown-ups and he allowed us to make our bed and sleep all right you guys can, we can go home be home today it'd be a long trip and then a quick trip and we're to turn around and come back or we can practice at some like slap NAIA gym and you know so that's what we chose all right that and seems it fair. Was awesome like we were always we were always we were always really close but I mean I think that last trip and then here's one so at the time we all had girlfriends and I I was I was even engaged at the time and then we had decided that if we won we we're all going to go down to to uh, the courthouse and get married because if you if you're married you can bring your spouse at the time, the NCAA, and I think you can still do now. You can bring your spouse with you on one trip a year. What? That's the rule. <laughs> that was worth it, huh? So, yeah. like, literally all of our starting five, we all had girlfriends, and we were all getting married to them anyway, eventually anyway. Right. So, or four four of us, four, because Fred Yancey was a sophomore. So, all the seniors, we all had 
And um, anyway, so that was, so we're like on the bus and we're just, you know, you start talking, you know, guys start doing stupid shit. And we're like, hey, what if, what if, we're like asking the compliance guy. Okay, so if we get married, <laughs> we, they can come with us to the Final Four? Like, yeah, they can stay in your room and the NCAA and the college has to pick up the tab, but like free trip? Yeah, we're like, done. <laughs> that was the plan. So had had we beaten Florida in 2000, right? I would have been on the cover of Sports Illustrated because Grant Wall was doing a cover story. Mm-hmm. And then I would have been married two days later. Wow. So that would have been a story. And do you think you would have, I mean, you, you, were you married? You, uh, would all the players have stayed married or you think they would have tried to get it annulled after they cashed in on the free trip? Uh, I mean, how many, like, uh, so let's see. So Weber's still married. I'm not, uh, mm-hmm. based on a, uh, uh, well, I mean, there would have been like three or four of us and yeah, we probably would have stuck with it and then just done some big party. Something, you know, I would have saved everybody some money. Gotcha. Um, but, but then we would have, we would have, because what would have happened though, there would have been the copycat effect, right? Like the guys that were legit engaged, they would have got married. What do the other guys do? Like, I got a girlfriend. Do I just leave her at home? Like, no, nah, let's just go and mass marry thing. Right. Then you guys can get an old and get an old would have been a solid move. That would have been a good little F you to the NCA. That would have been great. Yeah. Right? Like you all get married and then you come home and then you all get an old. Yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a solid move. <laughs> what a Although, story. Getting an old probably costs something. You also have to remember that we're in college. So it's like whatever costs something we won't do. Well, no, I know, but you're saving on the, you're saving on a wedding though. Right. I mean, that's, you got, you got to factor that in. Uh, Yeah. The economics of it all. That's true. But you remember like college, like an amount of money that right now you would easily cover. You probably, you could not possibly cover. Oh yeah. Like how much is that? It's $50. Oh Jesus. I'm out. I'm out. It's too much. I'm out. Oh no! Yeah, but like, yeah, you you just bet a whole, a whole you just lost two thousand dollars. Like, no, no, fifty dollars. <laughs> I'm out. I, I just I got I don't have it. Tap, tap. Yeah, the math was uh, uh not as strong. I mean, I got the calculus too, but yet I couldn't figure out how to get um how to save enough to buy two dollar. They call them pizza balls at the shed upstate in Oswego, New York. And I once a month I could get them because I well because I had lost it all gambling. I'm probably uh on teams like yours, but no. No, you were right. You pizza, were pizza, pizza balls, huh? Pizza balls. Pizza. It seems so simple, and it was a it was a great um, idea, and I, I wish I could partake more. You, by looking at me, you would think I did, but I do want to talk about the Southern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame before I let you go. Okay, okay go ahead. You are in. When did you get in, like um, 10 years ago, a little decade ago, a little more? It was, more, it was a little bit more than that, but yeah. Was it? it? Was, I think it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, how do I, this might surprise you, but my mother is Jewish and my grandfather would always yeah. tell me, if your mother is a Jew, you're a Jew. I'm like, okay, my yeah. father's Italian Catholic, but my mother's a Jew. I would like to get into this Southern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. What could you, can you make some calls? I'm trying to think what I've, yes. you know, I've yes. wrestled professionally. I'm an undefeated professional wrestler. Um, I want to know, I, I hit 620 in softball a couple of seasons, but that was in New York. I don't know. What, what can we do? How can we make this work? I had to figure it out. Um, I think gambling counts. Okay. <laughs> I mean, clearly, clearly you've made it. Yeah. Right. Whatever the over under for your life, you've hit the over. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're good. You can make um, a call, huh? I can make a call. I know a guy. All right. Guy. It's funny. Cause when I never forget when I got in, um, I was at a bar down the street and I ran into a buddy of mine. He's like, well, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm in the Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, Southern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. 
I'm also in the Orange County one, which is a bigger one because my kids work out at this JCC, so they come by and dad's all. I see. It's kind of cool. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm in the Southern California. She's like, what? I go, oh, I'm in the Southern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. We just kind of got honored in. He goes, he goes, why are you like downplaying? I was like, you know, like Morty Stern got in and he's a, he's a one in a bull, adult bowling league twice, you know? <laughs> right. He said, um, you know, I'm not in any Hall of Fame. I was like, okay. And then he asked the bartender, he's like, bartender, are you in any Hall of Fame? He's like, no. He starts asking everybody. And his idea was to have perspective, you know, mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, not everybody gets this. And I go, yeah, I, I did kind of win. It's like one, the only Jewish lottery ticket is to get into these Jewish sports hall of fame. So you didn't have to do anything. I, I'll make a call. I'll make it. When we get off, I'll make a call. Please do. And I'm serious about this. This would be great. I mean, I don't know what I would have to do. I mean, you, you know, no offense, but you made your, your you made your noise outside of Southern California for the most part, right? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. So I I just have to put together a body of work. um, uh, That doesn't really matter what region, right? From uh, I'll I'll figure it out. I'm good. uh, I'm very good at handball. I beat my little kid uh, almost every day at handball. I think I put together a nice resume. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but I get to intro you. Oh, please! I'd have it no other way. (laughs) Doug Gottlieb. Wow. All over the place. This is your time. This is great. And then what? What happens after this is over? Do you? It's like in a an account after I go, April 15th? I go into, a, I go into a, like a little, like I'm like a crab. I go in underneath rocks. Yeah. And I just stay there. No, I just, I do my radio show year round, right. podcast year round. I uh, coach my son some hoops and hang out. There you go. Doug will be calling the rest of the games, check them out. And also he'll be opening mail. If you want to watch him, is there a live stream we could catch you opening mail? Uh, that would be funny. No, but I do open mail. During my radio show, that's a big, good, good call. He was like, "What is that noise?" Like, do you really opening mail? Because <laughs> well, no, I hadn't been home in like, in like, because uh, I had been a, did the Big Ten tournament, so I was like home for like a day. Yeah, and I had this stack of mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was just <laughs> opening mail. What's that sound? Like, I'll open mail. <laughs> you're thumbing through the Brookstone catalog as uh, as Clark Kellogg uh, goes over his final four picks. I like that. I like that. I like the cut of your jib, Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. And the dogs are uh, the dogs are barking. Maybe we take all the all the the other dogs. Interesting. All right, Sal. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate it. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds for Spaghetti and Meatballs for Babyface Joel Solomon, the great Doug Gottlieb. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na 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 na